Questions, anybody? Yeah. I knew you grew up kind of poor. Yeah, not kind of. Really? <laughs> yeah. So did I. And, I, you know, you were talking about how you make that mental shift. Mm -hmm. How do you get over being in poverty or the fact you came from poverty? Yeah, I think I'm trying to be loyal to the fact that mm. I came from poverty. And um, I know a lot of poverty, rich people in there. Poverty is nothing to be proud of. Poverty is also nothing that you're responsible for because it's something you're born into. You have to recognize that the past is, was beyond your control, and it's also completely irrelevant. Get rid of the past. It doesn't matter what happened before. The only thing that matters is where are you going now? And if you'll stay focused on your future and ignore the past, you'll find it easier. I think what she has is a belief system that says... I cannot really accept the abundance that's offered to me or that's available to me because I believe I have to remain loyal to my, po my, po my past and my poverty. Is that what you're saying? People that I knew that had a lot of money were not particularly, well, that was their, Im that was their identity. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And I didn't want to build an identity around money. Well, let me just tell you, you don't have to. Okay. You, can, you can, the whole idea of, I think, having wealth is not letting wealth use you, but you use it. And uh, being a person who has come from an outhouse and very poor circumstances, I can assure you that the more money you get, it really doesn't change you unless you're the kind of person who is defined by money. It just depends upon what your focus is. If you're a jerk, then you just become a jerk with the money if you get some, you know? But otherwise, it doesn't. There's yeah. a difference between wealth and materialism. Yeah. yeah. And many people confuse the oh. two. They assume that wealthy people have to spend as though they're wealthy. Otherwise, why do you have it? And that's not well, she true. She just at had all. a light bulb moment. I saw yeah. it. <laughs> I did. She just had Actually, a light bulb I moment. Of, I feel like crying because it's like it's opening something up, you know? That's great. It is. I saw you. I just saw you see it. Did Thanks. you see yourself see it? I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. All right, we are back for another great episode of How to Acquire Podcast, and we have quite the episode for you. I'm your host, Derek Moultrie. We come to you each week for this season. On this particular season, we're actually studying billionaires. Uh, I mentioned on the first episode that one of my favorite uh, podcasts out there is called We Study Billionaires, but I noticed that most times when they're studying billionaires, they tend to leave out Black folk, black billionaires. And uh, I wanted to kind of fill that void. And as I was studying black billionaires, I have my own preferences and what, what I'm looking for when studying billionaires. I noticed that I hadn't found black women, a black woman billionaire to have an inspirational episode around. Each episode is inspired by a different billionaire. And so... I sat back and I waited and waited. I kept saying, I want to wait until the right moment, the right situation to occur for me to have this episode that is centered around women billionaires. And what do you know? I wake up one day and I look at uh, different news articles that come to me. And I actually received this. For those who are watching on Spotify, you can look at the, the screen. I received this from Essence Magazine. I'm sorry, Essence.com. And it says, Forbes releases 2022 list of self-made women billionaires in the U.S. These women earn their fortunes through grit, determination, and hard work. 
Does it have the date of this article? June 22nd. So for those who don't know, it's June 28th. So this is probably, I'm not sure if you can see my calendar or not. Um, The 22nd was what day? That was last Wednesday. So that was right after we uh, recorded the last episode. So last episode was last Tuesday. The next day, this article comes out. I don't remember if I saw it specifically that day or if it was the next day. But when I saw it, I said, well, we might have something here. We may have something where we can dive in and learn. And so that's my goal for today's episode is to focus on women billionaires, find what we can see within this list and see where it takes us. Try to have an open spirit to it and see where the Holy Spirit allows us to go, learning from these extraordinary women who happen to also be women billionaires. And with it being on Essence, the picture that I saw was of Rihanna and Oprah. But I know with it being women billionaires, it's probably all types of ethnicities that are going to be in here. And so hopefully you grant me the opportunity to study these women billionaires and relay this information to you, the audience, so then we can learn how to acquire. The poor teach their children how to buy, the rich teach their children how to sell, and the wealthy, the wealthy teach their children how to acquire. So Essence Magazine comes out with Forbes releases 2022 list of self-made women billionaires in the U.S. The Holy Spirit's already telling me that this whole self-made thing is unacceptable. It's really God-made. So we'll, you know, maybe that needs to be the name of the episode. We'll see. Every time I say something or something comes to mind, I write it down and then we see where it takes us. So I would say these are God-made women billionaires, but hey, I didn't write the article. Shout out to Jasmine Browley. Uh, She wrote this article and she talks about in the article, this list celebrates women's success and business despite constant challenges, says Carrie A. Dolan. Assistant Managing Editor of Wealth at Forbes in a statement. Each year, new entrepreneurs join the ranks, inspiring us with their stories of how they built their companies. And the article goes on to talk about new entries into the list include, I I don't want to go into who's on the list yet, so I won't read that out loud, but I will read this one part. Despite barriers to wealth, Black women have gone on to achieve great success as evidenced by previous year's lists. The pervasive racial wealth gap many Black women face means that for every $1 the average U.S. white man makes, Black women earns just 69 cents. So that's why this is so important. On this list, we'll see the Black billionaires, Black women billionaires, we'll see women billionaires, and what we're looking for is What were their pathways? What type of industries? What kind of patterns do we see? What does the information lead us to? From there, we may do further exploration and do our own search. Remember, these episodes are inspired by billionaires. It's not going to specifically be highlighting everything about that particular billionaire. It's inspired. What do we get from, from their journeys? And how do we use it for our own? How do we use it for our own journeys? And hopefully this episode inspires you to go do what you want to go do. You don't have to do exactly what we say. We can take bits and pieces from each one of 
these episodes and decide for yourself what you would like to do. Well, it leads us to the Forbes Forbes, uh, article. So within the first article was a link to this article, Forbes 2022, America's Richest Self-Made Women. Oh, and by the way, I will be uh, sipping on my chai latte. And if you hear me sipping or eating or anything like that, I always let people know this is more of like a sit down and have coffee with me type of situation. And so it is what it is. It won't be edited out. It will just be there. So if you want to leave that in the comments, that guy drinks during how to acquire podcast. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right. So here we go. Forbes ranking of the country's most successful women, entrepreneurs, executives, and entertainers. And once again, I'm just making an alteration here. And I'm saying America's richest God made women. But hey, <laughs> I'm just um, I'm just a messenger here. And look at here, we got Sandra Bullock, uh, Rihanna. Who we got here? I don't know this lady by face, so I do apologize. So let's look at a little bit of what it says here. Obviously, I don't want to read the whole article. You know, I'm going to put the uh, article in the show notes. I'll put both articles in the show notes. Um, a route in the U.S. stock market this spring pushed down the combined net worth of the nation's richest self-made women. And every time they say self-made going forward, I'm not sure how many times they will. I have to say God-made. It's just not acceptable for me to say self-made. Uh, net worth of the nation's richest God-made women to $111 billion, a 6% drop from last year. It also helped lower the admission cutoffs to Forbes' eighth annual list of these trailblazers to $215 million, down from $225 million a year ago. 38 of the 100 on this list are worth less than in 2021, but 51 are richer, including seven newcomers and seven who returned to the ranks after having personally fallen off. Among the notable new faces, movie star Sandra Bullock, recurring Shark Tank judge Emma Grede, and Daily Harvest founder Rachel Drury. And look at this, presented by Richard Richard Millet. And so they are putting they're putting this list together and they already they have a sponsor for the list which is so smart for those who are in the publishing world you know find someone that you can you know do your branding with and look at that they get a full page of advertising before the list comes down right okay so here on this particular uh on the website and look Look, look, look at all the advertising. So every few, every few times I go down, it's Richard Malay, however you say this watch name. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. And so you can go down here and look at all the different people on the list and what they're doing, how they got there. Look, it has, so we'll take the first person, Diane Hendricks, net worth 12.2 billion, age 75. Source Roofing State, Wisconsin. Right? So you can do it by rank. You can do it by name. You can change the name and have the A's go through. You can do it by net worth. Who has the highest net worth? So so if you click on net worth, it went to the bottom. If you click it again, it goes back up to uh, number one. You can do it by age. Who's the youngest? 
You do it by who's the oldest. You do it by source, and then the sources will be done alphabetically. You can do it by state, and the states will be done alphabetically. And then you can also come up here and look at people in a particular state or a particular source of, of how they got their wealth. Also, you can look at newcomers. Let's see what that looks like. So here are the newcomers to the list. See if we can get this off. There we go. Newcomers to the list is Emma Grede. She's in the apparel business. She's from California. She's 39 years old, 360 million. Okay. So all the people, so all the people on this list are not necessarily billionaires. Okay. So what I want to do, there's Sandra Bullock. They mentioned Rachel Drury. Okay. So I want to do is I want to start with the billionaires. So let's go back to overall. Let's go back to net worth being the highest. And how long until we don't look at billionaires anymore? Being, the women billionaires is, is pretty good. We got through 24 people before it drops off to 900 million. Okay. So what we could do if we wanted to. Okay. So if, when you come down here, you can click next 25. So that's how the list continues by cl clicking next for those who wanted to know, well, how do I get to the next page? There it is. You click next right there. So let's go back. I'm here to study billionaires. And so what I want to do is look at these first 24 people and see, well, is there any patterns to these people? Is there something that we should be paying attention to? And then we could do a deep dive into the ones that stand out. Is that fair? All right, let's do that. So I'm going to go down through sources of the wealth and see if any of these repeat and any of them that repeat, I want to know about. Then what I will do is go, we'll already have gone through the sources, but as we go through the sources, I want to see, does any of those stand out? Like, wow, I never thought of that. So I'm looking for a repeat pattern of sources of wealth. There might not be, I don't know. And then the second thing I'm looking for is, wow, I never thought of that being an area of potential wealth building or acquiring in that particular area. Those are the two things I'm looking for. Now, as I look for those things, I may discover something else. Okay, so we're all on the same page of why I'm looking at these particular names and how we're going to get to where we need to get to. All right, so the first source is roofing. Interesting. Healthcare software. Okay. Retail and gas stations. Okay. Little Caesars pizza. That's very specific. So we'll just say food, right? So if we see another food, we'll count that with Little Caesars pizza. Trucking. Okay. IT provider. Agriculture. Car dealerships. eBay. We'll, you know, we'll use internet or e-commerce, or something like that. That's very specific. TV shows, aerospace, Gap. So that's like apparel. So I saw Gap here, and we also had retail and gas stations. So I would say we have two retails, right? I mean, that's fair. Aerospace Gap, 
fast food. Okay, fast food and Little Caesars is kind of in the same ballpark to me. I have to see exactly what it is. Biotech, computer networking. We had IT. I'm sure that's a little different, but okay. Shapewear, cosmetics, TV. Okay. Casinos and hotels. Facebook, which would be kind of in that eBay range. FinTech, so we got technology again. Okay, okay. Keep going. Software, music cosmetics, semiconductors, Spanx. And last but not least, IT consulting, outsourcing. And we're going to throw in this last one, and Dining. She's right on the edge, and she's in hedge funds. So let's just throw that in there. Okay, so the top 25 people have some interesting, interesting, interesting areas. So which one had a pattern? I saw a couple of fast foods, a couple of IT type things. So let's see. Well, one of them that stands out to me based off of our past episodes is casinos and hotels. So Elaine Wynn is going to be at least one person that I want to look at. Okay. Elaine Wynn. Let's write that name down. Elaine Wynn. Why is somebody that we want to pay attention to? Because casinos and hotels are listed as one of the high growth industries on our past research on our episodes. You can go back about two or three episodes. We looked at how to look at uh, high growth industries. Matter of fact, it might've been the first episode of the season. And this was one of them. Okay. Also, IT consulting, sourcing. Okay, so we saw a couple of ITs. Computer networking, TV, IT provider. So there's two ITs, Ty Lee and Naraja Sethi. And I do apologize if I mispronounce anyone's name. I don't mean to. I really don't. So let's see. Can we click on Ty Lee and learn more? How does this work? This is my first time looking at the list, by the way. Okay. Ty Lee, she is American, America's God made women net worth of 4.1 billion. Ty Lee is the CEO of 12.3 billion sales and IT provider SHI International, which has 15,000 customers, including Boeing and AT&T. Born in Bangkok, Lee grew up in South Korea and moved to U.S. for high school. Lee's father, a prominent economist who traveled the world promoting his country's post-war development plan, was the first Korean to graduate from Amherst. A Harvard MBA, she did stints at Procter & Gamble, American Express, before SHI, or she, or shy. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Lee and her now ex-husband paid less than $1 million for a software reseller in 1989, the predecessor to SHI. Well, isn't that interesting? So the way that she acquired was she paid less than $1 million for the software reseller and then the predecessor to she. I would, if I'm understanding correctly, I could be wrong. I feel like she acquired into that particular industry and then built that up. Right. I mean, am I, am I 
I feel like she acquired at a low end. You, you make money on the buy, not the sell. She got into a particular industry. So now let's look a little bit deeper. She got into a particular industry on the low end, at least in that industry, and she built it up. Let's see. Let's learn about she or shy. This is a, this is a really great case study. Let's see what we can find. Let's see what we can find on this particular company. Because I wanted to know more about her acquiring it before. This is Webflow. Meet the design tool from the future. We'll pause that commercial as we bring up this YouTube page. This is Ty Lee speaking at the Women's Cloud Summit. We're just going to jump in five, six minutes in and see what she's talking about. Never be successful working for a large corporation uh, because... As you need language skills, written uh, language abilities, as well as really social skills that I did not have or could not develop at the time. Uh, I did not think that I could be successful being a professor. I didn't think I could be a litigator, for example. So I went through a whole list of career options and ruled it out one by one and decided that really the only option for me was to be an entrepreneur. So the first step I took the decision to become an entrepreneur. The second step I took was to actually be my own best advocate. And it wasn't very easy for an insecure 17-year-old girl to be my best advocate because, well, I was scared all really throughout, the, throughout my college years and even, even later. I, why was I scared? Well, one, I was an outsider, uh, definitely not a typical college student. Um, as I mentioned, you know, Amherst had just gone co-ed. And I really like the, them showing the audience because, you know, I've had conversations in the past where we've had conversations about men conferences and women conferences. And I've always been said, I've always said, I don't support men conferences or women conferences. I would prefer both. And if you, if you, it says women in cloud summit, so I'm not sure if this is only for women, but there are men in the, in the crowd. You know, some there are some spaces where it doesn't feel like men are welcomed if women do it, and it doesn't feel like women are welcomed if men do it. It's okay to have like a theme, but if men don't feel welcomed or if women don't feel welcomed, isn't it, it's a little shaky for me. So I just want to put that out there. Something she's saying: be your own best advocate. I like that. Let's let's give her maybe one more minute, and then let's jump back into the list and see what else we can find. Oh, for- the campus, um, there were only 10% women, even though our class had 30% women. So as a woman, as a woman of color, um, there were not very many minorities. This is now going back to 1970s. I'm very old. So (laughs) the world in 70s was very different place than it is today. Um, So, and and definitely not very many immigrants. Uh, There were a few international students, mostly from European countries, but definitely not uh, from Asian countries. And, you know, shortly after I graduated, actually, there were waves of Asian. And today, you can hardly walk the campuses of colleges and university without seeing a lot of Asians. But the world, the campus back then was very different. So I felt very insecure. And most of all, 
I did not really, I was not that familiar or comfortable with American culture. So there was a lot of reasons for me to feel extremely insecure, but I decided that that would not inhibit me from cultivating and really crafting the most ambitious goal possible for myself. All right, that's a really great introduction to uh, Thai Lee. I've never heard of Miss Lee before today, and so I'm really glad that I'm having this opportunity to just get a, a glimpse into the work that she's doing. Let's go a few minutes ahead. Let's just see what she's saying on the back end, and then we'll hop back into the list. It's disease that I could help really maximize my chances of recovering from it by discovering it early enough. Really, without your health, there's really nothing else, right, that matters in life. So I'm just giving you just, uh, examples of, you know, how I set the goal, something that you might want to try. Um, there, there is a method called goal cultivator, which can go into detail as to how you could really view your life holistically. So as Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind, right? You want to know what you want to accomplish while you're here on Earth. Because time is short, and you know, I can't believe I'm 60 myself, but time will fly. So um, you know, the three actions and decisions I made, become an entrepreneur, which I understand many of you have made already, to be your own best advocate. Don't beat yourself up. Only focus on things that you have control over. Don't worry about the rest of it. Third is set a goal for your life. Cut it into different components. They all work together holistically. And um, work on it every single day so that at the end of the day, you know where you're going. All right. This is really great. I will put this in the show notes. I want to also talk about how there's less than 5,000 views. This woman uh, has, there we are. This woman has 4.1 billion in net worth. She's amassed a really great fortune. She seems to be, she seems to be a great person. I, I mean, I don't know her personally. And all these people on social media and YouTube are trying to get millions and millions and millions of followers. But I keep noticing that the majority of the people who are making the biggest moves have less than 10,000 views, less than a few thousand followers. They're making really big moves out here. You don't have to be all over social media to make moves. So congratulations to Tylee on her journey that's someone that I'm going to be paying more and more attention to. These are people that I, I didn't know about before. I mean, to be completely honest. So let's continue. So we looked into the IT provider. She's speaking at a cloud. And by the way, she's speaking at a cloud summit about the cloud IT provider, right? So it goes on brand. She's just not speaking anywhere. She's just not just taking every single thing that comes to her. No, she's speaking specifically to her audience, the people that will be coming up behind her. All right, roofing, healthcare software, retail, and gas stations, Little Caesar, agriculture, car dealerships. Oh, you know, another one that stood out to me was aerospace. 
aerospace was another uh, industry that was in a high growth area. So I would love to know more about aerospace and what's going on here. Never heard of this person before, and I'm 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 looking forward to learning. Uh, 2.6 billion real time net worth. Aaron Ozman. I apologize if I said it wrong. She's number ten on the list, the overall list. But remember, we are looking specifically at billionaires today. All right, so let's read just a little bit about her and let's see if we need to dive deeper. Erin Ozman is a chairwoman, president, majority owner of private aerospace and defense company, Sierra Nevada Corporation. SNC's Dream Chaser spacecraft is contracted by NASA for at least seven cargo missions to the International Space Station. In April 2021, SNC spun off its space capabilities, headlined by Dream Chaser, into a new commercial space company, Sierra Space. Sierra Space, which raised $1.4 billion at a $4.5 billion valuation in November, is set to launch its first flight of a cargo Dream Chaser, named Tenacity, by late 2022 or early 2023. Ozman and her husband, uh, Fatih, both Turkish immigrants, bought SNC in 1994 when it had just 20 employees. The wealthy will teach us how to acquire the first per- now, I want y'all to know, I did not look at this list beforehand. The first person that we looked at, she acquired a company and then morphed it into what it is today, the she company. I believe it was the correct name, pronunciation. Osman acquired SNC in 1994 when it just had 20 employees, and that was a billion-dollar company. These are two cases in a row where they acquired a company and grew it to where it is today and amassed the wealth that you now see on this list. That's two in a row. And I can't guarantee that everybody's story is that way. But I don't think it's a coincidence that I said, Holy Spirit, guide me. And the first two acquired, 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 acquired. It wasn't something that specifically was built from scratch. I'm, I'm sure there are people who have built things from scratch. I'm just saying that's not always the way to do it. Sometimes you can acquire something and then build from there. Ozman is showing us that. So I think it would be proper respect to look up Sierra Nevada Corporation and just get a a video on it. Maybe we get to hear from her. Maybe we get to see the spacecraft. I don't know. All right. So let's see what, when we we type this in on uh, YouTube or anywhere, what does it come back with? Just give us one second here while we pull this up. This is really exciting. It's exciting to learn about something for the first time. I don't know most of these people on the list. I mean, there's a couple of names I've seen before. Okay, Sierra Nevada. Let's see. Oh, I think there was another name to it, wasn't it? Sierra Nevada Corporation. Maybe that will help. There we go. Dream Chaser. So let's get a look at the Dream Chaser or we'll see what. Oh, here it is. Tenacity. So let's look at this. It's only a two minute video. Countdown to launch two years ago. One, this is one month ago. Let's just take a look at the Dream Chaser. Tenacity. This was just mentioned. $1,200. We'll, um, we'll mute the uh, advertising that's coming up here. All right. So here's the video. Now, this has a million views. 
And if you're, you have to watch this on Spotify. They're building the spaceship. As we're watching this video, I'll turn the sound off while we talk over it. Look at all the people that it takes. Remember, she acquired this company with 20, 20 employees, and they got all these people come in there to work on this particular spaceship to get it to where it needs to be. This is called vision. Look at all these people. Look at them. Now, she's a, a, a billionaire, and look, she has men and women working for her, Right? I'm just noticing the game that's in front of me. She's acquired a company. She's built it up in the aerospace area. And now she is, how, how, what was the number? $2.6 in net worth. You got to respect it. So let's, let's let the video play out. And let's see if we get the final product of what the Dream Chaser tenacity looks like. Okay, so is that where we are now? Okay, still building. It looks really. It looks very interesting. It looks like something um, that they put a lot of thought into. I mean, there's a lot of components to this. If you look at this video, we'll put it in the show notes. This isn't just something you just <laughs> make up. There's a lot of thought and planning to this. All right, so that's the end of the video. So if you wanted to see that, go on Spotify and watch the video, or you can click the the notes and the, the link in the show notes, and we'll have that for you. All right, so who's next on the list? That was awesome. That was, I did not expect that. So let's go back up. Roofing doesn't really pull me, but by the way, roofing is number one. Uh, Diane Hendricks has 12.2 billion. So if you are interested in roofing, go to the list. You know, it's going to be the show notes. Go learn everything you can about roofing. I would imagine roofing is so important because every five seconds, there's another house or another business or another building. So it would actually be really smart to learn about roofing. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me, but that doesn't mean it's not valuable. Obviously it's number one on the list. Healthcare software, that could be retail, gas, Little Caesars, trucking, agriculture. Let's look at that. Let's look at agriculture. Linda Resnick. This is the area that I would be interested in. Four billion. Linda Resnick, net worth. Let's read a little bit about her. Let's see what we can do here. Resnick is the marketing maven behind the wonderful company and nearly $5 billion sales food conglomerate that she and her husband, Stuart, own. The wonderful company's brand includes Palm Wonderful, Mandarin Halos, Wonderful Pistachios, and Fiji Water. We, we all heard of Fiji Water, at least. They own 135 acres of orchards, in Texas, Mexico, and California, where they grow pistachios, almonds, uh, pomegranates, and margarine oranges. Both previously divorced, they met in 1960s when they provided marketing help for this um, burgeoning alarm business. Alarm business? Huh. 
Oh, for his alarm business. Okay, so her husband owns an alarm business. Awesome. So uh, let's see if the wonderful company will show us a little bit of their farm. Let's see if that's on this worldwide net. I want to see if we can see a little bit of their of their uh, the farm that they have in Mexico or anywhere else. Because I really want people to see what it, that is. This is real. So let's see. All right, just taking a second here. We'll pull it up. The wonderful company, and I'll put the word farm. Let's see if farm will give us access to a video on their farm. Here we go. Stewards of the land. Okay. Inside a secretive world, billionaire owner, watch water, priceless Forbes, the rise of the wonderful company. Look, they have a whole bunch of videos on them. And a lot of these videos have less than 10,000 views. Wonderful company, summer interns. Oh, here we go. For the wonderful company, emerging tech is a key benefit of cloud. See, they got their oranges. Paramount Farms corporate video for wonderful pistachios. So you can come on here and look at any of these. I was going to click on this one. This is wonderful company story. Their efforts create jobs. Okay, let's not go to that one. I want to specifically see a farm. Let's see. Wonderful company discusses how moving a single ERP cloud platform enabled to benefit from emerging technologies. Okay. Paramount Farms corporate video for wonderful pistachios. How an empowered team will always keep you one step ahead. Wow. So that video only has 241 views. It's it's amazing how many people are doing. Oh, there's Fiji water. That's I'll go with this one. A year of wonderful. Five years ago. It's amazing how many people are doing amazing things and nobody knows who they are. And the people who are doing okay things have to let everyone know what they're doing every step of the way. It's just, it's, it's amazing. All right, let's turn this down a little bit. All right, so I'll leave the video on. I'll turn this off and they're showing the farm. I'll turn the music off and just show you the pomegranates, the farm. Look at it, the Fiji water. This they have. I'm not sure what parts of this they own and don't own, but a lot of this are a piece of land that they own. And so this is what they're saying: Hey, we own the agriculture of this. Number one brand of mandarins, the Halos. They own that. Number uh, two billion serving of pistachios. Number one premium imported bottled water in the U.S. with Fiji. Justin wins wine enthusiast winery of the year. They got their own wine. Palm, that's them too. Palm juice, USL, about 21%. Largest floral delivery network in the US. I didn't even know this. Soterra. Soterra double sales in California. Checkmate. 17 hours of community service by employees. 5,000 patient visits at wellness centers. 121 college scholarships. 
and it, it names all the companies. So let's go back a little bit right there and let's look at the companies. So we have Wonderful, Citrus, Palm Wonderful, Wonderful Substantials and Almonds, Landmark Vineyards, Justin, Teleflora, Satura, and Fiji Water. This is the empire they built from agriculture. That's beautiful. Congratulations to uh, Linda Resnick and her family for building a really great, appears to be a great company. Okay. So then now we have fast food, computer networking, biotech. Shit, where that's where Kim Kardashian is here. See, Kim Kardashian is on the list. Cosmetic reality TV. Let's look at the casinos and hotels. And then we'll uh, take a look at a couple others. And we'll see what we learn from this. This is a really great, really great list. Elaine Wynn, board member, Wynn Las Vegas LLC, $1.7 billion. Real-time net worth. Dubbed the queen of Las Vegas, Elaine Wynn became the largest shareholder of publicly traded Wynn Resorts in March 2018. Her ex-husband, Steve Wynn, stepped down as CEO and admitted sexual misconduct allegations, which he denied. He sold all his shares in March 2018. In May 2018, Elaine Wynn launched a proxy battle to successfully force the resignations of two longtime board members who were Steve loyalists. After marrying Steve during her third year of college, Wynn worked Sundays at his father's Maryland Bingo Hall before the couple moved to Las Vegas. They launched Mirage Resorts in 1973 and went on to co-found Wynn Resorts in 2002. Elaine Wynn served as a board member for 13 years until 2015. As co-chair of LACMA, she pledged a $50 million donation in 2016 to build a new permanent collection space. And then here it will show you the wealth history and also the personal stats, casinos, hotels, self-made. Well, God-made. So congratulations to her. Oh, did you know, at the Bellagio, which the Winds opened in 1998, she commissioned the hotel's iconic glass installation for artist Del Shilowy. An avid art collector, she paid $142.4 billion in 2013 for Francis Bacon's Three Studies of Lucian Freud. In her own words, I never do anything halfway, if I'm invested, I'm all the way in. So good. congratulations to her. And I think a lot of this is those casinos. And casinos is on the list of high growth areas. So shout out to Elaine Wynn. We appreciate you. You're doing really great work. You inspire a lot of people. All right. So let's go down the list here. IT consulting, Spanx, music and cosmetic. We have to bring up Rihanna. We got to see what they said about her, at least, because we've, you know, the culture I'm from, I got to watch Rihanna become Rihanna, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but I got to witness it all. Rihanna, Barbados' most famous export, is a billionaire thanks to the success of cosmetic line Fenty Beauty. The cosmetic company, oh, by the way, she's at $1.4 real-time net worth as of June 28th. The cosmetic company, which she co-owns with French luxury retailer LVMH, LVMH, generated more than $500 million in revenue in 2020. 
her stake in the fast growing cosmetic company uh, comprises the majority of her fortune. She also has a 30% stake in the Savage Fenty lingerie line, which she raised money at a billion dollar valuation in February 2021. Her high fashion clothing line with LVMH, also called Fenty, didn't do well and halted operations in February 2021. Age 34, Los Angeles, Barbados, children one, Fenty is Rihanna's last name. That's why they have Fenty. Rihanna was discovered by Jay-Z as a teenager, and that's all they have uh, for her. Okay, so we'll, we'll get back to that. I will say um, what I'm noticing for her was a joint venture. So she did a joint venture with a French luxury retailer. That was her road to acquire. So you can acquire the company. Or you can do a joint venture and acquire this idea together. And you're working with the operations that your partner has. And they're leveraging your celebrity or leveraging your know-how and the things that you have. So the joint venture, they didn't use the word joint venture. They use partnership, co-owns. But I just want you to look at the road to acquiring. Sometimes the acquisition is through a joint venture with someone who's already established, already has all the systems in place. And all you have to do is add your spice to it. Okay? So let's go back. Next, we will look at Oprah Winfrey. The reason why I am pulling these up, we'll, we'll get rid of some of these tabs here. The reason why I want to look at this is I want to see different points of views. I want to see different points of views. Oprah Winfrey, $2.5 billion, entrepreneur, personality, philanthropist. Let's read about her. Oprah Winfrey has transitioned her hit talk show, which ran for 25 years, into a media and business empire. Reinvested the profits from her show, plus profits from films like The Color Purple, Beloved, and Selma, which her Harpo production co-produced, Add up to more than $2 billion. So let's look at that. Reinvested the profits from her show, plus profits from films like The Color Purple, Color Purple, Beloved, and Selma, which her Harpo Productions co-produced, add up to more than $2 billion. In 2011, Winfrey launched cable channel OWN. Her 25.5% of the network is worth more than $65 million. The Oprah effect has spread to Weight Watchers, she bought a 10% stake in 2015, since lowered to 7% and acted as a brand ambassador. In March 2020, she returned to the small screen on Apple TV Plus for an interview show about COVID-19 as part of her multi-year pact with the streamer. Age 68, California. Winfrey overcame a tough childhood, born into a teen mother in rural Mississippi, and raised without indoor plumbing. Winfrey was focused her philanthropy on education. Many students at her school, girls' school in South Africa, are AIDS orphans. She has donated $425 million throughout her career, including over $100 million to the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls in South Africa. In her own words, what I learned in all those thousands of interviews is that there is a common denominator in our human experience, 
Everybody wants to know, did you hear me? And what did I say matter? And did what I say matter? Oprah Winfrey. And so now we're hearing from two black billionaires on their rise to wealth. She reinvested the profits from her show. So she had a hit TV show and she reinvested those profits along with her own production company that she built that produced, co-produced The Color Purple, Beloved, and so on. I didn't know she co-produced Color Purple. I'll have to look into that because I know that was early on, but maybe she did. Maybe she did. I mean, it is Harpo. I get it. I get it. And she she reinvested those profits and that's how she's able to own 25% of, well, the own network is a whole nother thing. But that's how she's able to own 10% in Weight Watchers. I wonder, did she have to put the money up for that? Or was that something they offered to her to be a brand ambassador for them? Because sometimes you can acquire percentages in a company and no money leaves your hands. Nobody talks about that. They think you have to bring something to the table. Sometimes your value is walking to the table. It's all about the people at the table and how they value you. So I feel like what she did was she built a really great name for herself. She really built a really great media uh, company. She learned how to produce. And then she leveraged all that to keep building up, up, and up. Many would say that she did it the old-fashioned way. And I mean, she's you know from a different generation, so I see. She's 68 years old. Rihanna was, what, 34? It's a different, different game. Either way, they both got to where they needed to get to. There's no wrong way to acquire. Well, there is wrong ways. There's no wrong way to do the right thing and acquire. All right. Who else on this list? We'll do one or two more, right? And then you can decide for yourself who you want to look at. Roofing, healthcare. I, you know who I want to look at? I want to look at somebody who's just about to enter under the list. Hedge funds, right? She's number 25 on the list. She's not quite a billionaire. But let's have a conversation about someone who's about to be a billionaire. Ann Denning, 900 million. Ann Denning helps lead D.E. Shaw, a quantitative hedge fund firm managing roughly 50 billion. She manages 50 billion. Does it really matter if you're managing billions? (laughs) It's almost the same thing as being a billionaire. As part of his executive committee, the Seattle native joined billionaire David Shaw's firm in 1990 after receiving her PhD in computer science from New York University. Denning, who originally wanted to become an academic, started off building computer algorithms to forecast Japanese stocks. She quickly rose through the ranks at D.E. Shaw, overseeing much of the firm's hedge fund activities in 1995. In 2002, Shaw handed over the day-to-day management of his firm to an executive committee, which included Denning and other senior executives. Hedge funds, New York, New York, when Denning first joined D.E. Shaw, the firm reportedly had 20 employees, was operating out of a loft with unfinished ceilings and exposed pipes. She sits on the boards of Math for America, which provides resources for and training to STEM teachers, and Robin Hood, which fights poverty. 
Oh, key connections. So this also tells you who they know. Oh, Ray Dalio. Okay. Ken Griffin. There you go. So and look at her. I really like her trajectory. She's gone up, up, and up, up, and above. So her road to acquire was through the markets. She's a trader. There is this concept out here. Now we can move to this and then we'll look at heading out soon, right? There is this concept called genius you. Let's see if we can get. And there's a, there's a free quiz you can take in everything. But the point of genius you is saying that everybody is a genius. You just have to know what your genius is. I want to see if I can find these images. So here it is. Let me see. And when I used to meet people, I used to say, yo, you should take this quiz. It could help you. Let's see if this. Let's see if this will bring up. I'll put this in the show notes as well. So there's this thing called Genius U that was created by a really successful entrepreneur. And you take a quiz and it tells you which one of these you are. Okay. Mechanic, creator, star, supporter, deal maker, trader, accumulator, lord. Right. And there's no wrong thing to be. You are who you are. Okay. And I'm just saying that the Denning person, what's her name? Ann Denning. Denning, she appears to be a trader, T-R-A-D-E-R, trader. So she traded her way to billions, right? And then someone like Oprah, I believe, would be like a star. She has that star in, you know, that star power. Um, you have other people who are deal makers. You have people who are ideas people. Each person has their own profile. Let me see if I can find the actual link of who each person is. And I think that I think this is important for people to know. Because if you know who you are, you don't have to worry about going down paths that aren't for you. I've always had people. Let's see if this one works. I've always had people trying to get me to go down paths that aren't for me. Like, no, that's not, that's not who I am. Yeah, you're a unique area of genius. See, here we go. So you have a creator, which is an innovation. You have the star, who is a mixture of innovation and magnifier, a blaze. They magnify. That's your people person, right? They're people, everybody loves them. They just move around the room. They just light up the room when they walk in. That's not me. That's not who I am, right? You have other people who put the deals together. You got the trader who's who's very uh, grounded. The accumulator. You got the, the lord, the, the multiplier, the mechanic. And I'll, I'll find the descriptions of each one, but you can take the, the quiz. I'll put it in the show notes. It should be still free. If it's not free, I won't put it there. But you could take the quiz and you could find out who you are. I found out I was a creator. Let me see if by putting this in, Dynamo Genius. And I'll tell you who some of the people that they say 
I'm like. Let's see. So this is what they used to tell me. I used to, well, not used to. When I would read it, I would say, okay, this is who I am, right? So a dynamo genius. See, they got videos and everything. And there's even videos on YouTube. Dynamo genius. Dynamo geniuses are great at starting things, but not so good at finishing. Greats include famous entrepreneurs like Richard Branson, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. It includes creative stars like Michael Jackson and Victor. It includes creative inventors and scientists like Edison and Einstein. Dynamo is spring energy. All these people focus on their strengths in creating. They ignore those who criticize them for not being organized or social enough. They didn't worry about being forgetful or missing small things. They are all remembered today for their creative brilliance because they were best at answering the question, what? Okay, so each one has, each one that I showed you earlier has its own path. So once you know which one you are, you don't worry about what everybody else is saying. You just do you. And that's what I had to learn to do. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't do that well. Why are you asking me to do it? (laughs) That's what I would tell people. Yeah, you're right. I don't do that. This is what I do. I'm the ideas guy. People bring me in the room and I say, hey, let's do this. Do this. Do boom, 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 boom. And let y'all finish it. Yeah, that's who I am. And then there's going to be some people that grumble in the room. He didn't finish anything. He's not a finisher. No, that's what you're in the room for. You finish it. I give you all the tools. I did the research. I give you all the ideas. Now take it. I tell that to people with the podcast. I know people are going to listen to the podcast, take some of the ideas like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's the whole point. The whole point is, let me drop these jewels, these gems. Whoever wants to pick them up can pick them up and go finish it off. Go finish your race. Go do great things. The more I pour into people, the more it comes back to me anyway. The reason why I bring this up is there are many different pathways to get to wherever you want to get to. It's not about becoming a billionaire. It's about having a billionaire mindset. You can take a billionaire mindset and have a $50 million portfolio. I'm not saying you have to be a billionaire. I'm just saying you should know who you are and be the best version of yourself. And each one of these people has different pathways that they got here. All of them. Some people have such unique pathways that they just called the source of their wealth, the company, eBay. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? TV shows, aerospace, IT. And this is just the billionaires. You can keep going down the list and there's people that are on the brink of it. Let's just take a quick, quick look. Fashion. These are the people that aren't quite billionaires, but they're getting there. Okay, I'll do 10 more. I'm not going to click their names, but we'll just look at the sources. Fashion, payment software, uh, healthcare, cable TV, Google, Yahoo, insurance, Google, dating app, hedge fund, cybersecurity, cliff bar, semiconductors, cosmetics, staffing, SpaceX. So there you go. There are many different pathways to wealth. But the key is knowing your path. And I think quizzes like this, is this what a picture was? Yes, quizzes like this will help you know, well, who are you? Because it sure helped me. 
once I knew that this is who I was, when people would ask me to do things that was not my genius, I said, no, I'm not doing that. And people would be upset. And that's how I knew they weren't for me. Why would you be upset at me for not wanting to do something that's not my strength? And another thing I've learned is when I'm around people who don't want to listen to any of my ideas, I'm not saying that my ideas are the best ideas, but if you don't even want to hear my ideas, then there's really no purpose for me to be in the room. If you won't even respect my ideas, you don't have to do them. But you don't even respect my ideas. I mean, you don't respect me because I'm a dynamo genius. I'm the ideas guy. I'm ideas smart. I connect stuff. I, I can pull on the idea. And one thing I learned about this whole thing, don't tell nobody this. Nothing gets started without the idea guy. Nothing. You need the idea guy. That's why they contact me. I'm not saying I'm the only idea guy. You don't want to work with me? Find another idea guy. He won't have the same ideas as me, but he'll have ideas. But one thing I learned is nothing gets started without the idea guy. And so when you pull an idea guy into the room, he has every right, because he's the idea guy or woman, the idea person, to say, hey, where are we going with this? How will I be valued? How will I be compensated? That's what that person brings to the table. But if you don't respect their ideas, if you don't respect their brain, if you don't respect them, they'll move on without you. Go build their billion-dollar empire, and you're going to have to watch that happen. Everybody has their own genius, and you should respect that. Now, the key is, if you can find out what your genius is, you can then also find out who are the best people for you to work with. Because no one does it alone. That's why this whole self-made thing is BS. Rihanna didn't do nothing self-made. She partnered with LVMH. Oprah didn't do it by herself. She co-produced movies. Co-produced means she co-produced with some other producer. She didn't, it's not self-made. It's God-made. So if you know that you're a dynamo, which I am, I know that, wow, if I work with this person over here and this person over here and have a two, three-person team, I'm good. I don't need 10, 15 people. I just need the right collection of people to sit at the table with me. And if I have the right collection of people sitting at the table with me, we can do wonders. But it comes down to respecting and knowing who you are. I really enjoy episodes like this where I get to learn about something I never knew before, ever. And it leads me to understand that once you tap into your true potential, nobody can take it away. It's about being unapologetically you and embracing individuality. So how do you continue to be fearless every day and be your true self? You be fearless every day and when you don't feel like it, just pretend, girl. That's it. <laughs> really and truly, don't let them see you sweat. And what you've done with Fenty is incredible. You've built an incredible empire. You're a billionaire, a young billionaire. At that, I'm just saying, you know, so. <laughs> don't come to my house asking me for 
It's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but how does it feel? You know, it was real weird getting congratulations uh, texts from people for money. You know, I was just like, wait, how, how does... I never got congratulated for money before. Like, that shit is crazy. But it, it made sense when I realized that it, it was inspiring to people that they felt like this is something that they could achieve. Yes. Knowing where I've come from, knowing my humble beginnings, they see... Uh, the possibility, and it gives them hope. Yes. And, that, and that made me feel um, really happy. Yes, and for those who want to be a part of